If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. The calendar says that there's Earth Day once a year. But shouldn't every day be Earth Day? Shouldn't we be more sustainable in our gardens? Let's figure that out. Let's crack that egg open right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right. So for all of my Canadian friends out there, and yes, we know you're out there and we hear you loud and clear. You can now watch Backyard Kitchen season one on TELUS. T-E-L-U-S. TELUS. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I know that it is available on that channel or network in your country. So thank you very much. I saw you hovering the bell. <laughs> and uh, patron, if you'd like to be a patron, please hit the link below. It will help support the show, help us keep creating content for you, and you will get two extra episodes a month, up to and some other benefits as well. So please check that out and join us as we take this gardening journey. Sustainability, Batavia. Sustainability. Is it a buzzword, do you feel like, yet? Um, yeah, you know, buzz phrase, you know, I'm going to look at my nails and how clean they are right now because I just cleaned them and just try and not think of the fact that you just pulled that out of my head. So that was the exact (laughs) thing I was going to say right when you said it. I think it is. I think we're, I think we're still on the wave of organic gardening. I think that that's still on the high, you know, I think that sustainable (laughs) gardening is coming right in under it. You know, you're a surfer, like the wave is behind us on that, you know, it's coming up though. It's the big wave that we got to catch, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's an interesting thought and it's an interesting concept. And it's it's fascinating to think about are we already sustainable in our practices? Mm. That's, you know, that's my question. So, amongst many other questions. Oh, I like that because it's you're already doing a thing and there's always an opportunity to do more of it, you know, to be better at it, if you will. Right. Is that where you're headed? That's where my brain of took course. me. Well, and you know, yeah. in, in the great words of a, a good friend of mine, look here, everybody kind of like her. Oh, them, excuse me. If you're listening to the backyard gardens podcast and you are already ahead of the curve. So mm-hmm. there it is. No, I mean, you know, our generations are not our generation, like me and you, but generations are different. Like the baby boomers grew up a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then our generation ushered in a sustainable wave for the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As when we were children, recycling became a thing and all this stuff. You want to know a fun fact about me? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> this is how far back I go. I'm, I'm, I'm world famous, by the way. So, <laughs> I think Sorry, I was. 
in third or fourth grade, I don't know what it was, but we caught when there was a competition and we had to write something in order for, you know, to promote uh, recycling. So we did a storyboard and we came up with a rap and I'm going to, I'm going to recite it for everybody right now. Oh no. So it was, and we, we got on the news and we made a commercial and everything and we had to do, do like a whole day of filming. It was amazing, but it was, um, all right, kids pre-cycle it's very easy and it's not that cheesy all you have to do is buy things that have been recycled so pre 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 cycle boom that was like it you know what I mean? you're talking about like 88 89 something like that mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. my role other than writing it was to go chabom bom ch Chabom bomb, chabom bomb <laughs> in the background. Oh, I wish we would have video for this episode. Oh, oh we, oh my. I have the video. If I can get it digitized, I will post it and embarrass myself. No, I mean just seeing you do the dance just then. Yeah. <laughs> but it was an interesting concept back then because everybody knew, you know, recycling was just coming up in our town. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we had to recycle, but we didn't understand. And then we somehow figured out about, I think it was with the help of our audio visual teacher, uh, pre-cycling, which mm. now is very common. You don't even realize you do it. You know what I mean? Pre-cycling is me rinsing out um, oh, you last night. Oh, my rap. It's oh, buying okay. things that have been recycled. Oh, okay. At least in the 80s, that was, or the 90s, one of the two, that's what it was. So it's interesting to think about that. You know what I mean? So... I was going to try to fib there and turn that into something different than what I was going to say, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I didn't listen to the rap. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you. I wouldn't uh, either. No, so I, I, you know, it's the reason why I, I put sustainable gardening in the category of organic gardening. It feels like there should be just this straightforward definition, but I literally came across it. I was looking to a couple of things like there's no official definition, like there's no technical definition of it, you know, and this is one of those weird things that and weird in a positive way that means different things to different people. Yeah. Um, and but definitely there's an opportunity to get on a high horse about this, among other things. Um, but I did. And I'm going to have to shout out the website. I just like this definition if I can find it. Before I'll you share give it with a definition, y'all. I think that during this series, we need to come up with our own definition and give it. Okay. If there's no official definition, why can't we make an official definition? We could do anything we want. you damn right. Let's, that's what we're uh, going to do. Leonard, can we do anything we want? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, no, no, no. Seriously. Get your scribe ready, Leonard. Um, Here we go. So... It's about practices and methods, right? right. To do no harm, right? Um, to help the environment, but also to not harm the environment, right? Um, I I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. I was um, I'm a person. I've mentioned this before. I cook meals from the living room, you know. So I'm notorious for turning a pot on and then walking away, and. I I do this with the sink as well, you know, so I was running some water for something in the sink in the kitchen and I walked away and 
and I don't know, maybe it was in advance of these episodes as we've prepped for them. I thought to myself, here I am trying to, you know, rig up a, a rain barrel, you know, trying to conserve water. I'm concerned around, you know, the overhead sprinkling. Am I just wasting so much water? And I just have water running down, you know, my drain, you know, as I walk away. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, you have to be 100% in all of that. Like, okay, sure, I left the water running. Maybe I'm taking a longer shower. I still think it's worthwhile to take other steps and measures, right, um, to do your part, if you will. But it's funny how we can be sticklers about a thing in one environment. You know, I don't know the last time you worked in an office, like there was the one person that was like, who put this this glass jar in the regular trash and not the recycle bin, you know, and you wonder kind of what they do at home. Are they really following it to the letter? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And this is not a space where I'm going to go ahead and just say we're not here to open up a space for people to be militant about sustainable gardening. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. our goal. There are going to be some practices that I do that you don't do and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because if you, you know, as long if you've been listening for any amount of time, I'm sure that you realize that we are among the practices of like a little bit counts, you know, do what you mm-hmm. can do. And there becomes a point, you know, it's like I saw somebody putting in a a, uh, rain collection irrigation system and they did this cost them thousands Mm -hmm. of dollars and then they got a drought and they couldn't use it oh wow you know and then they got rain and they went to go turn it on and it didn't work and it's like okay so you know what i mean like you're kind of back and forth Mm -hmm. about it and it's, it's it's a tough it's a tough road to go down but I think there's little minimal things that we can do to make a bigger impact than one big massive project like that. Yeah, and losing the term, using the term um, loosely, I think these are just healthy practices that we'll talk about, right? Um, it depends on, you know. <laughs> I consume a lot of content and some of the content, depending on, you know, the time of day, time of year, mood I'm in, I'll get through um, a number of videos and articles around kind of the concept of self-sustaining, you know, living areas, you know, so you have not necessarily off grid, but you have these folks that are living in a community, let's say, um, and they have oftentimes referred to different systems they've put in place. Right. You know, so it's a water retrieval or, you know, that's that's a system they've put in place. Right. You know, your um, your bees and that hive, that could be a system. And I think that um, there isn't there isn't an end all to be all whatever that means, right? You know, it isn't going to be you f- fail or succeed based on one system. Um, I think that there is some level of redundancy. There is that doing a little bit. There is, um, what's the term you use when you are supplementing your, you know, your food bill? Like all of that thing, when I talk about like just doing a, a bit of it, all of that matters. Um when it comes to it's okay if I take a 20 minute shower versus a 10 minute shower versus a five minute shower. 
right? Like, again, we're not going to be militant about it. We're not going to worry about, you know, the water that came out, out of the drain. I'm not going to bring my plants in the tub with me, you know, to water them as I'm sure that, that's not, I don't need to do that thing. Um, so I guess these are more kind of disclaimers as we open up this series for me, um, kind of what it's not versus what it will be. Well, I don't shower, first of all, because I'm so concerned about saving water. So there's that. Mm. So we're going to do a meet and greet. Anybody want to hang out? <laughs> no, seriously though. Um, I want to. I want to say one thing. Um, I was thinking about this while you were talking. Gardening is a versus s- listening to what I was saying. Well, you do the same to me. So, how do you think mm. this show rolls? I have to think and talk <laughs> and listen at the same time. Um, mm. No, seriously, gardening is a sustainable practice in itself. Yep. No matter what you do, you're already part of the solution. That's my, that's my true belief. doesn't matter what you're doing. It's, you know, you're cutting out fossil fuels. You're cutting out overwatering pesticides. You know, the, I mean, the list can go on and on, but you're, you're minimizing it, which goes back to the point of a little bit go can go a long way. No, if, like you st- go ahead. For the peppers that you're growing, sure, right? You know, I, I mean, if I'm, I could go there and say, where did you originally buy the seeds from, right? Where did you originally get those from, right? So there is some. Gosh, I there. hate it when people do that too. When they start yeah. nitpicking you, uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I don't yeah. eat eat meat. Oh, you don't? Well, do you eat cheese? Because that's a form of meat. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, people. So, so again, finishing my thought, you know, but. And I could go there, but I'm not, right? So I'm going to focus on you are minimizing the amount of food that you need to drive somewhere and purchase. You know, of course, you can bike there. I get it. But you need to drive somewhere and purchase, not to mention what it took to get that food into that place. But unless, again, you're only eating off of your land, you're not eliminating it. You're minimizing your contribution to it. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, unless you are, like you said, <clears throat> fully self-reliant. There's another buzzword coming soon. Self-reliance. <laughs> then, yes, you will have some kind of footprint. And that's okay. Now, I know somebody who's got electric cars. They do solar panels. You know, they do the whole shebang. And it's very expensive, but they have very minimal footprint. So, there's that. Either way, the key, go ahead. The key is it's it's no different than you and I talk about with our gardens. You don't have to start where we are. You, like you don't have to have, you know, 10, eight by four garden beds like Ben has to be a gardener. Right. You know, you could do more than that. Yeah. Or you can do less than that. It's all a contribution. Right. So you don't have to be completely self-reliant to practice sustainable gardening like that's not it's what's the word they're not mutually exclusive like it doesn't have to be that way um and thank goodness it doesn't have to because it takes a lot for that to occur yeah and you know a lot of us just aren't ready for that yet or if ever well yeah and i I think that the time is coming a lot of people in this country are actually seeing where a sustainable gardening practice would be very useful and helpful mm-hmm. so you know you will start to see more and more of that hopefully it will ease but you know in comes the apocalyptic talks of droughts and stuff like that so 
But look, let's do this. Let's go to this break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to lay out the format and the criteria, and then we're going to continue this conversation because I'm learning a lot about the way Miss Batavia is thinking about this, and I think she's learning a lot, too. Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I joke. I joke. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. All right. So as we get into this, let's talk about the criteria for each of the episodes. Ooh, that sounded weird. The criteria, the criteria for each of them. So we're going to be talking everything that we discussed was going to revolve around watering, pollinators, plant selection, fossil fuels, and then like special tips for each one. So um, we do reserve the right to change that as needed, just disclaimer. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that is the plan so far is the kind of moving forward to go through that. And I, when we when we thought about that, we we took a couple of lists and that we've found and we just really dwindled down to what we felt really mattered. Right. Yeah, we want this to be consumable, digestible. Um, we want to kind of remove maybe some of the stigma, you know, yeah. around what you should and shouldn't be doing. Um, we want to demystify it, you know. Um, while neither of us are subject matter experts on this subject, I do believe that we have something to offer um, to this conversation, and I yeah. think that's what that's a part of what it should continue to be is a conversation, right? Yeah. It should always be a conversation, but there needs to be action behind the conversation too, in order to propel forward. Good, I mean, good for you. I, I'm with you. I get it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's like, we've gone yeah. through, look, we've gone through so much in the past few years. Like we're living in that age where there needs to be an action. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk a lot and talks talk, but you got to walk the walk, baby. And, you know, how many people do you think have a rain barrel? I'd say 5% of people. Well, how, so how much of our audience do you think has a rain barrel? Because it's, it's a loaded question. I out mean, the if gate. it's possible for this episode for me to t- <laughs> finish a thought, then, <laughs> then we'd be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> So let me give you the preamble so you'll know I have some more to say about it. So I'm going to answer this with people in general. And then I was going to answer based on gardeners. Uh, so rough numbers, which I'm always terrible about. What did I say? Five percent. Five percent of, you know, of the world, which probably even sounds high saying it. Um, and then maybe 10 to 15 percent of the gardeners. You think so? Yeah, and based on that, I'm going to say the number for all people is probably even lower. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I would I would hope that the gardener number would be higher. I know, what year was it? It was in 2008. My state had a bad drought, and one mm-hmm. of the main reservoirs in the middle of the state completely dried. I mean, you're talking about this lake. It's giant, and we used to go swimming in there all the time and stuff, and 
you could go walk all the way out into the middle of it and it was like a little puddle left and you couldn't go in the store like when you went to a restaurant they wouldn't give you a glass of water anymore you mm-hmm. couldn't get ice um this is in north carolina yeah this is in north carolina mm-hmm. um you couldn't water your plants at all people were taking showers with their plants and you had to put a bucket in you were when you i mean nobody was enforcing it but you were supposed to like put a bucket to catch the extra water. There was like mm-hmm. massive savings going on. And the problem was it was too little too late. The savings need to start before the problem. But what happened at the same time was there was a big push for rain barrels. And all of a sudden, everybody had a rain barrel. The state <laughs> was just giving them out to people. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? At the same time, a friend of mine's land had, um, this is how bad it was. A friend of mine's land had a water reservoir on it, his his uncle. And uh, the state came up to him one day and they knocked on the door. And he answered the door and he's like, yeah, can I help you? He's like, yeah, we want to buy your land. There was nothing on this land. He didn't even know there was a water reservoir on it. And they were like, yeah, there's a water reservoir on it. We're going to give you $15 million for this three acres. And he's like, sold. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) So, you know, that's how bad it was that they needed the water and access to it. And at that time, I didn't realize the benefit of a rain barrel. I didn't realize that it filled up in like 0.2 seconds of of a rain. You know what I mean? Like one downpour and you filled it up. And I think it opened a lot of eyes. So I think as these droughts come up in these areas, I think we start to see more and more people utilizing it. But I tend to think that it's probably people that grow plants that would utilize it more. You know what I mean? Like if you don't grow anything, what's the point in having a rain barrel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I was I was thinking to myself. um, You weren't listening? If we. Well, we're going to figure it out because. If I was, I wasn't, I don't know the answer, but I was thinking to myself, um, if we really realize how much water, you know, there are a bunch of fast facts out there, but how much water we use, yeah, right? You know, um, so if when you said the rain barrel, like how long does it really take you to use that one fill up, if you will? Um, I am notorious for leaving like, you know, containers like i have a bunch of containers we know this right Um, a lot of them i grow things in so they have drainage holes right but a lot of a lot some of them i actually leave undrilled because i use them for other things and sometimes those containers sit outside when there is a rain and i'm always mesmerized by how quickly one of those things not get, not being filled up but you could get a good look at how much water is coming down at a particular time right then i think about as i sit and water my plants how much water is coming out of that hose or whatever how many times i went back with my uh, pitcher you know and i, I would i wonder now you wonder why people have multiple rain barrels you know so if you're watering your garden go back to that with it like you could probably use that water pretty quickly, you know, even if it's yeah. raining regularly, you know. So are you supplementing your irrigation with rainwater or are you watering your garden space exclusively with rainwater? Hmm. Yeah. So I water all of my pots with my rain barrel um, and then certain stuff in the beds and emergencies. But it'll take me. In the middle of summer, it takes me a month to drain a 55-gallon rain barrel. And that's mm-hmm. just with watering my pots only. So anything extra and it just like that, you know what I mean? It'll go fast. Mm-hmm. So 
then you, and you're right. You know, how many rain barrels do you need? Now, the problem I have, like, I have a big container. I haven't even hooked it up yet. <clears throat> it's probably, I don't know, a thousand gallons. But I haven't hooked up, and I'm sure we're going to get an email now, a way to pressurize it so I can run a mm-hmm. sprinkler off of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's take that, for instance. And let's say I do pressurize it, run a sprinkler off of it. Do you think, knowing that I have a finite amount of water in that container, that I would be more conscious of how much water was coming out of it and how I was using it via the sprinkler because I could see it? Or do you think, you know what I mean? Or does it even matter? It's like, I think that you're more, if you, let's say you've committed to using only water collected in your rain barrel, right? Um, And I think you'd be much more conscious of it. Yeah. I think that you, if you were using it like through a sprinkler, you'd have other buckets to catch water that didn't quite make it to the plants and so on. Um, I think because it's a finite resource now as you're looking at it. Right. Right. You see this barrel, you have an idea of the the maximum amount of water that it can contain versus, you know, there's just this hose in this pipe. That, you know, and again, this I mean, is we're being keeping it really real. Right. You know, so versus this thing that appears to be unlimited, you know, nothing creates change like um, going without. Yeah. You know, uh, so I've never been through a drought. And my guess is if I had some of those practices, some of those things would stick with me. Maybe not all of them, because at some point I'm sure you begrudge needing a shower with all of your plants. Um, but at some point those habits are habits and I continue with them. That's, I guess, I guess my gut. I mean, we have a lot of people in California in particular. Yeah. So I know that that's a struggle in different parts of California. Yeah. California, you know, all through the, the mid, uh, the Southwest is that the Southwest. Yeah, we're just say Southwest. You know, if if you're living in a bad drought, you know the bad drought. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So ever since, I guess ever since 2008, I have thought about it differently because mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. so. I mean, I remember, dude, it was so hot and it, it just didn't rain, never rain. And then last year, we didn't get any rain for the month of May, not one drop. And it was like I was like, okay we're getting kind of close here. You know, it was getting kind of yeah. tough. All my rain barrels were empty, everything, you know, and it was like, okay. And, and that's just like, I mean, and I know we're talking a lot about the rain barrel and the watering aspect, but th- this is a very visual mm-hmm. item that we can talk about for this one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I was, um, I had some garden friends over, um, and sometimes I'm specific about friends versus garden friends. And sometimes I'm not, um, but these are really good people. And, um, I had, it had rained like for a very short period, but very hard. And I mistakenly had a pot of starts out in a plastic tub that didn't have any holes in it. And so, you know, it's the dumping of the water, but it had been raining so much here. And so the water that was in the container and this is like like it's not for gardening it's just something I brought outside when I was bringing my starts out so it's one of those really long ones uh and it was kind of this dingy dirty water I'm just like oh these poor things you know they've just been it's actually a container that's mostly of dead uh plants that I want to make sure that I show on Instagram to show that I don't keep everything alive (laughs) and so um I was dumping it out and as I was dumping it out one of the ladies said you don't reuse the water 
right? Again, second nature for her. And I said, you know, most times I do, but everything is so saturated. Yeah. You know, like at this point, I'm just adding more water to soak the thing and I could be doing damage. At least that was the process of my mind. There also was probably the process of this icky water, which the reality is it's just dark because it's dirt that's washed out of it too. Um, but I think small things like that, small nudges like that, I think are healthy. Um, and unless you are kind of here in this space in your life, you don't think twice about it. You know, I have I was clearing out a jug of something and I have some water sitting in a, a gallon jug on the counter now. And I said, oh, you know what? I know I have some houseplants that need some water. It's clear water. There's, you know, no sediments or anything that's sitting in it from it sitting there. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I don't I mean 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. Yeah. I mean. It's as simple with like the exact thing you're, you dump it out. Do you dump it? And you're, let's say, you, you, let's take it, make it even easier. You have an old bottle of water in your car mm-hmm. and you dump it out. Do you dump it out in the driveway or you dump it out in the grass? Well, I don't have grass, but for your example, the grass. Yeah, that's sustainable mm-hmm. right there. You're, mm-hmm. you're being more sustainable right there, you know, and you're environmentally yeah. friendly at that point. So it's, I mean, and it's like with you, it's the same thing. Like, where did you dump that water? Uh, in the rocks that are along my fence line. Okay. That's still getting used for something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm growing weeds there, surely. Well, the, <laughs> the idea is, too, is you're not contributing to runoff. Okay. Mm-hmm, That's a big mm-hmm. issue, too, because we have so many concrete and streets and stuff like that and the drains mm-hmm. and it just runs off. The, the earth doesn't get to use it and pull it back down so then it can send it back up. Oh, that's an excellent point. I love the way that you. So, yeah, I love the way that you put that together. I forgive you for all of the cutting me off earlier <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> it was all worth it to get to that point. You yeah. didn't cut me off too, so just so mm-hmm. you know. Oh no, I live for it. I know you do. You know, we but both just do. because you, this is what one of my best girlfriends said, you missed out on your cussing. Like you did, you missed the opportunity to cuss them out about it. So like, don't be mad. I'm taking my opportunity. <laughs> but that's the whole the whole point. So like, if you ever go to a um, like a shopping mall or something, you're starting to see this more. They have impervious parking. Which is just like, um, it looks like concrete lattice on the ground. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then in the middle, it's just like dirt or whatever. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's a it's a parking lot, but then it has that sit because it cuts down on that. So you're starting to see more and more changes happen. I don't think I've throughout. seen that. Mm-hmm. It's not as common, but it's starting to become more. I mean, I don't think people are ripping up parking lots, but as things get built and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you'll see mm-hmm. more and more of it. I know I've seen quite a few now. But that's just kind of adds to that where you have less of this runoff and you get the, you know, because the whole thing is, and if you don't know, I give you a brief lesson. It's the water cycle. It gets hot, it evaporates, comes out of the earth, makes it clouds, gets cold, it rains. And that's the part of it. So maybe we're making it worse with all of this. So as a gardener, you can make it better. And like you're in particular, though, because you have to garden your gardens on concrete, right? Mm-hmm. So you have more, you're affected more than I am because I'm on like just earth. Yeah. So you can no. be affected by that more so and have more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you make the question becomes, so what if you dump your water in, in the uh, driveway? What does it matter? It's just a bottle of water. See, my opinion on that is 
the the four ounces you left in the jar and again we are intentionally not focusing on you know the bottle that you have because you know it could be plastic we're not going down there that's not where we are that's not what this is about right you know so you have this four ounces that are left sure i could say well it's only four ounces of water it's not like i'm going to really completely water my lawn with it you know i i look at it as it's more of this repeated behavior right it's becoming ingrained this is completely off subject but it's on the top of my mind um and kind of hold your horses because it is there is you know the potential of tragedy around it so long and short i was talking to a neighbor um and we were talking about how much traffic comes down our street you know like there's so it's a two-way street so many cars and we started talking about safe driving and my grandmother told me years ago probably in my early 20s you'll never forgive yourself if you hit someone's child so this was the you know young person driving don't be reckless be cautious you know you want to make sure that you're paying attention and it's never left me I had an accident where someone I was turning left they were turning right we basically collided and I am forever cautious when I go into intersections because of that that was 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. I share those two stories because they're things. It's just human behavior, right? right? You know, there's psychology around like we continue to do these things and it creates this habit. If I'm less likely to pour four ounces of water on the concrete, I'm less likely to waste a gallon of water. You know, if I'm more likely to pour that, you know, four ounces into my garden bed, into um, my uh, bird bath, which there's a whole story there, uh, or on my grass, just plainly on my grass, that I'm more likely to take those steps, whether it's inside or outside. Um, you know, I don't want to say practice makes perfect because I don't think there's perfection in many things and definitely not in gardening. Um, but I do believe that there are positive steps. Yeah. Yeah. Long answer there. Thank was, you for giving me that time. It was a long answer. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but if you think about it, though, I mean, I, I my argument is, yeah, it doesn't matter if you do it. Because what's the next guy doing and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy? I mean, there's 7 billion people with a B on this planet. Imagine if we all dumped four ounces of water on the ground and walked away. If we mm-hmm. all threw a bottle out and walked away. But then you start saying there's a handful of people and they do it every day. They don't do it. It adds up. It adds up a lot. You know, it's exponential growth is what it is. And if you don't know what that means, that means it starts. I mean, we all know what exponential is because we lived through the pandemic, but it just goes and then boom, it shoots up real fast. And it's just compounding doubles every so often. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. If you put four ounces of water in your grass versus your driveway, David's going to see you do that. Yep. And at some point he's going to naturally do that. I'm doing the math real quick because now I'm curious. That's just the way way it works. I do want to kind of um, just cover off just briefly on a couple of other topics. Um, But I'll tell the story about the, the... bird bath while you're looking that up uh so i have had a bird bath for like four or five years in the front yard and i have never seen a bird take a drink i have (laughs) normally seen the stray cats the feral cats and today i saw for the first time which i'm sure it's not the first time there um a squirrel of course hop up sit take a drink was only scared off when a car came roaring down the street And so I'm going to be satisfied with knowing that while the intent was to have some beautiful bird come in, you know, 
go ahead and flap around, clean themselves up, maybe take a slurp. Instead, I'm just letting other uh, creatures drink. Well, maybe they won't eat my tomatoes because they're satisfying their thirst. (laughs) The squirrels, that is. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you're also providing a water source for your pollinators from your garden to go cool off and drink. Yeah, the asterisk there is, um, a friend told me this, and I haven't done it yet, but um, put something like a a rock or a stone in there because some insects um, aren't as smart. They can't figure out how to get themselves out once they've gotten in there. So I'll give them a place to kind of perch down. That is true. That is a big thing um, for pollinators is to put some kind of rock, something elevated. I've seen bees um, suffer from that most often in my space. So the uh, National Wildlife Foundation, this is pretty cool. You can get them to certify your garden for um, to be a refuge for nature. And in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that basically makes you a more much more sustainable garden you know just it's Mm -hmm. like if not make you want it's a step in the right direction because they have certain things that you have to do um Mm -hmm. it's fairly cheap and you can actually get a plaque put in your yard for it if you would like um if i i'm gonna click on it and see if i can get them so you have to do a certain number of these things Uh, you have to have food so native plants for food eaten by a variety of wildlife you have to have those you know available water so you need to have a bird bath or something like that Uh, cover you need to have a place for shelter for them to get from bad weather Mm -hmm. for birds and you know bugs and stuff like that you need to give them a place to raise young and then sustainable practices so um, they define it as maintain your yard or garden in natural ways to ensure soil air and water stay healthy and clean so um and then if you dig deeper into the the certification process, it'll actually walk you through how to do that. Mm-hmm. And when I did it originally, I didn't, I'm not certified. I could be. The only thing that I really needed to do, and I don't even really need to do that because of the way my property sits, but I, all I needed to do was put a bird bath on it. And I could be a certified, you know, National Wildlife Foundation garden so or yard, whatever. So it's really important that you do that because there's key things in what I just said that's going to propel us moving forward mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. sustainable practice and sustainable gardening. So um, that's just an option for you. And it's a place where you can go. That's the National Wildlife Foundation. And if you just look up Certify My Yard, National Wildlife or NWF, you'll get the website. And it's cool to see. It's cool to see what they consider and what you would, you know, what you and I would do or something like that. Mm-hmm gives you gives you an option but <clears throat> i was looking I back because i it thought it costed money i was looking back i thought the uh i remember that they're not my neighbors but you know i claim everyone um it's a few miles from my home and how i go past their house i've not met them before but i go past their house and they basically change over the season you know have their front yard inside yard completely decked out all kinds of attractions flowers and and you know um pots and and water sculptures and all and so i I thought that maybe they had that certification but i look back because i have a picture of it and it's actually um 
pollinator garden is the sign um, where I assume that they've gone through some criteria to qualify as a pollinator garden. Um, so different from what you described, but also a very positive step in a direction that, you know, many of us want to head in. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, it does that mean that if you don't do it, that you're not a good gardener? No, of course not. No, you're not a good gardener. No, I know. I'm just joking. Yeah, like, I didn't, like I never got a bird bath. Mm-hmm. You know, shoot me. Now, is that going to change? It might, but damn. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? I got mm-hmm. everything else under the sun going on over here. So what? I don't have a bird bath. Why don't you have a bird bath? Because I didn't want to spend the money on the damn bird bath. I didn't want to maintain it. I didn't want to fill it up. So that is a, um, a really, really, really important factor. So at the onset, you talked about, you know, kind of all of the 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 person that has the electric cars and has the, you know, um, the solar systems and all of that, like there is definitely a path, like many of the things we talk about where this can get to a point of being expensive, even the small steps, you know? So the first year I had a bird bath out, someone suggested, um, that I leave it out because, you know, water needs to be consumed by many of these creatures in the winter as well. And so I said, oh, yeah, I definitely could do that. And it didn't occur to me, though, the bird bath I had, the bowl was glass. Uh Sure enough, at some point it cracks. And so I'm like, well, shit, you know. So anyway, I ended up getting one that isn't glass the next uh, year. Um, But the reality is now I've already spent the cost. There's two expenses there for a bird baths, right? Again, one was based, the extra expense was based on negligence. But um, I say that to say, save yourself the 20 or $30, you know, like I I get it, right? There are other things that you're doing to contribute. Um, And I think that that's the attitude that we should keep, the energy we should keep when it comes to this. Well, I mean, Um, the one thing, was is like okay i could buy the 30 40 bird bath whatever it was or i could keep spending the money to build rain barrels like i had been and doing the other practices moving forward because my property has water like there's water right behind it so the birds i mean they don't even come to my bird feeders because there's plenty of food in the woods mm-hmm. but you put them yeah, out i, mean, I you don't know? think it has to be either or i just don't think it has to be all yeah You know, I think that you figure out what works best for you. It didn't occur to me until recently that I could really find a space for a rain barrel just based on like the layout of my home and where the gutters are. Like there's there are a couple of spaces I can put them, but it's like, am I able to walk past this? Have I basically I can't use this as a walkway anymore. Is is it that important to me in this moment? It isn't right. You know, Um, but I have found a space, I think, that will be out of the way enough accessible enough not blocking any walkways not creating any danger when it comes to being able to navigate the yard or anything like that Um, but it took me some time to to think about that you know to think that one it was even an option two that I assume it's not as difficult as my mind had it to set up and then three that it actually will be um, a space that makes sense for my my property yeah, because you're working with a tight space in some in yeah. some instances. So yeah, I mean, most of the rain barrels are going to be the size of the walkway that I have on either side of the house, um, and so and they're the way the gutters are set up without the expense of like having gutters put into a different space. Um, they are kind of tucked away, right? Um, but they're two spaces that I can see that would be easily accessible. 
I'm going to try one of them this year. I'm sure learn some things um, and then potentially move some things around in the front yard um, to add one there. But I, I need to get maybe even one or two years un- using the single one under my belt before I go reconfiguring things. I'm just being honest about that. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, certification things. It's um, I got to the prices. It's $20 to $119. <laughs> it's a hell of a spread. Yeah, it surely is. <laughs> but you get a free magazine subscription. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Pay the twenty five dollars for the bird bath. Keep on moving. No, yeah, <laughs> no. You know what? That's a good. That's a good point. Just keep on keeping on. So, <clears throat> um, and then you know we we have to talk about benefits of this too because I think there's hidden benefits, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason why I thought benefits was important to include here when we talked about it, I think you suggested it maybe, um, is we're more inclined to, I mean, to be quite frank, to do things that we feel like benefit us. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to things like organic gardening and sustainable gardening and kind of my, my initial reaction to it is it's for the rest. Right. It's for it's benefits something that's bigger and larger than me. Um, and while that's true, I believe I also believe that, you know, we're in, incentivized <laughs> to do a thing if we feel like we can actually personally benefit from it. So, yeah, that's it's my a, spiel. It's a cost savings is it the way I look at it. I mean, either way you look at it, you know, put a rain barrel in. You don't have to pay as much on your water bill, you know, um, don't turn your heat as high. You save money on your power bill. Mm-hmm. You know, don't um, make compost. You don't have to buy bags of dirt and bags of compost, you know, or bags of fertilizer for that matter, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, grow your own vegetables. You know, um, especially now with the way prices are, you know, start seeds. All these things, mm-hmm. you know, they mm-hmm. all make a difference. So, um, and each one of them has its own benefit. I mean, other than like cost savings, what else can you think of? And if you say it'll make you in a good mood, I'm going to throw up in my shoes. <laughs> it'll bring you garden joy. <laughs> I mean, I, I do believe that um, it gives you more immediate access to the things that you may need. Right. You know, so instead of having it to, and not necessarily just like the travel or the, um, the oil or, you know, the gas that it takes to get to the space, it saves you the time. It's kind of like, you know, you know, you're working on a project, you want to have all of your tools there yeah. right in front of you versus having to run around. Lord knows if I could ever actually live that way. Um, you know, so if I don't need to go to the store to finish this project and get compost and instead I have it, that's a benefit. You know, um, I think that there's generally some satisfaction in knowing that what you need, you're supplying. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Is that too fruitful? for you i'm looking at your face here no no my nose has been itching like bad but no mm. not at all i think um it's funny how you said walking around looking for tools i did a project mm. the other day and by the time i got everything together my watch said i had walked a mile <laughs> <laughs> i um it's just it's terrible you know but it's that's part of it too so i uh i sit on in the spring um Again, I'm not as spry <laughs> quite yet, you know, and I use my milk crate much more often. Yeah. So 
sitting on my milk crate is the equivalent of sitting on the couch and then forgetting something and having to get up. And so oh, the amount of times that I've sat on my milk crate, it's like, I forgot the mallet. Oh, dear goodness. You know? yeah. <laughs> so now I'm looking around to see if there's something else that I can do while I'm sitting here before I have to get up. Or the number of times I was talking about neighbor. When I talk about neighbors, I'm talking about different neighbors, just so you know. I'm not like holding someone hostage in their yard talking to them all the time well maybe i am but anyway not all of them it's uh uh we were talking over the fence and i'm like what did i walk back here for i know i walked i just didn't walk back here for the glove i would have never walked back here for a singular thing right. i made the trip to the backyard it's gonna be for two things and i just said you know what after we finished talking i'm just gonna assume it was just the glove and keep moving i never yeah. figured out what it was but that's okay uh but no in all seriousness you know um the benefit of having access to things, the benefit of, you know, our time, time is a precious resource. It is. Right. You know, so being able to save in time, um, I think that that's, it's kind of underestimated, you know, um, I do believe that, and this is, it's along the happy lines. I believe it helps us remain sharp and creative, you know, um, needing to figure out kind of maybe what's not the beaten path, what's not the most traditional way to do a thing. I do. I mean, it taps into, you know, your creative juices yeah, um, and your resourcefulness. But then it gives you a um, sense so. of pride when you're all done with it too. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I go back to that national wildlife thing and mm-hmm. uh, there's a sustainability section and it says, uh, do you employ at least two practices? So one of them is soil and water conservation. So the example mm-hmm. they give is, do you limit water use? Do you compost? Do you mulch? Do you reduce lawn and pavement? Or do you use soaker hoses? Or do you install a rain garden? So, I mean, just think about that right there. Like, how many people compost? How many people use mulch? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's all, all that stuff counts. You know, soaker hoses, that stuff, you know. Now, using the sprinkler, okay, I get it. I got it. But still, I'm, I'm standing firm on that one. <laughs> but then if you keep moving down from it and then it's like, do you control exotic species? So do you plant native plants? There is a huge push right now for native plants to be planted in. And at, at least in our country, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world. I'm imagining it's about the same way. And when you go look at native plants, though, it's interesting. There's some really pretty native plants. And then it's also interesting of how many plants are not native that you've seen your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How crazy is it? It's crazy. It's cry, cry. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, you know, I'm going to say it. It's cliche, you know, sustainability. It's an attitude, you know. Um, it is, though. It's not a stupid right? thing. It sounds stupid, but when you, after 40 minutes of talking about it, it is an attitude. It's the a thought process. The cynical parts of both of us are like, come on. Like, yeah. you know, but it, but it doesn't mean that it can't be true and that can't be the feeling that we, we get from it um, because it ends up, you know, unknowingly it's influencing other things you're doing again, the way that you're moving. Um, you know, if you go away from the garden, and, you know, a more practical piece of are you turning lights off when you leave a room? Yeah. You know, um, are you 
turning your water off when you're not using it versus, you know, how if you have the hose connected, you know, you can leave the nozzle on um, things like. So now this piece and we may not have room for it in the series, but I'm just going to say it now. Um, overdoing is the only way I can think of describing it. Are you overwatering? Right. You know, are you like, have you figured that piece out yet? You know, um, are you, do you have your sprinklers on or your water system on after a heavy rain? Like, um, are you, I used to actually follow a gardener who, and a part of the way I try to garden kind of aligns with this, the steps we take, the practices we have in our garden that require additional resources, like trying to limit that when necessary. Yeah. Right. You know, so we can have all these additives put into our garden areas and maybe they are absolutely necessary for longer term success. But don't we want to be more sure about that? versus again creating this routine you know in some cases if i simply put it maybe depleting our soil or even having you know your annual garden expenses increase because you're buying these things you know so that's in part the reason why beyond the laziness that's in part the reason why i'm like you know do i absolutely need to do this thing you know um can i be successful without doing it like I tried and it even when I realized that mulch could help it was it was not, maybe not as long as other things but you know I wanted to see if I could get away with not you know but one thing feeds into another you better believe I was watering my garden more so the other day um as my son would say the other day ago I I released I put a video out about um how I plant tomato plants mm-hmm. and there's a part where I was like, Hey, you know, now I'm going to add mulch. And we had just had like an inch and a half of rain, like t- a day or two before maybe. And I was like, look, I haven't mulched this one yet. Cause I'm waiting for it to grow. And I was like, look how dry this is already. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now watch this. And I walked over to the bed right across the path that had mulch in it. And I moved it. And I was like, now look at this. And it was all still nice and wet and it held mm-hmm. its moisture. They get the same amount of sun. Actually, the one that was, uh, had more water gets more sun than the one that didn't. So, you know, that being said, it was really a testament. I, boy, I, you can believe when I was filming it and I was like, let's go see what the other one was. I was like, please don't be dry. Please don't be dry. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure. I had never really looked at it that way, but it made such a big difference, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's baby steps. Um, this is a subject that I am passionate about because, I mean, like I said in the, in the top of the show, I was on TV because I wrote a rap about recycling when mm-hmm. I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing. I remember telling my mom, like, you have to recycle. We have to do it. It's not an option. And, and you know, God bless her. She did it. And she <laughs> recycles everything and always has since then. So it was just always something that was just really rang true. And it's so easy for us to do. Just like it's going to be super easy for Batavia to give us the recipe of the day. (laughs) That was abrupt. Bring it. If you guys want some backyard gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance and we hope you enjoy. 
We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. All right. Simple and easy. Radish and Parmesan salad. I know. I know. We're fans of the radish. And this is probably a more traditional way to eat it, but doesn't make it not any, you know, it's still good. All right. So we're going to take maybe a prettier radish, a radish that has some color, which is the one that you grew last year. The uh, watermelon radish. I know. I know how you felt about it. Yeah. I know the Chinese Uh, red meat radish. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to, our ingredients include um, whatever kind of a light, green lettuce of your choice um something that doesn't have a lot of flavor we i wouldn't use arugula here so any type of like romaine or leafy light leafy green lettuce and we're gonna take um your radishes shaved parmesan cheese or kind of the sprinkles of it simple as simple does you're gonna take some olive oil in a bowl couple of tablespoons combine it with maybe it's two to one two tablespoons of olive oil one tablespoon of lemon juice we're going to add some salt and pepper to our taste we're going to whisk that thing up we're going to add these leafy greens that are starting to die out in our garden so we want to make sure we use them Um, we're going to add these thinly sliced radishes fresh and then we're going to add the parmesan cheese it gives it a bit, bit of a different bite um you got a radish and Parmesan salad. That's that it. Good. That's all. Simple. I'm eating light, man. I got to get ready for all of the margaritas I'm going to have midsummer. So, you. you know. <laughs> Simple and light, though. I like it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. And it's warm enough to still to not want a bowl of chili all the time, but still cool enough to have salad greens growing in yeah, your that's garden. Yeah, that's a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're coming to the end of that quick. I harvested a whole head of lettuce the other day and it was a little bit bitter. You could taste it switching. So, uh, you know, I, um, two things. One, I had some spinach that I just hadn't, this is back last month, I hadn't planted out and they were still like, you know, only a couple of true leaves. But one of them in the block had start. I could see that it started to flower. I'm like, come on. You know, it's the hot, cold, hot, cold. Um, and then also, I'll know by the time this airs, I have a bed that I had some romaine lettuce and, and radishes in last year. And I have volunteers, but I don't know which it is or if it's both. So I'm just letting the thing do its thing. So if it's lettuce, I'm going to have like based on what I've actually started and planted plus this. I mean, I'm going to be seasoning my coffee like (laughs) coffee, sugar, cream, lettuce. (laughs) I mean, I have to figure out a way to consume more of it. Um, but I do think that that's it's a good opportunity to have to do some things like, oh, let me again have all these your favorite baby leaves, you know, yeah. try a few things out um, for the little, little cost of basically nothing. Right. The low, low cost one time. That fee. actually is. Are, are we going to give a tip each for this before we close out? Sure. And I'm going to go first just because I don't want you to take my idea. OK. Um and I don't want to have to come up with a, a really good idea if your your idea is like really, really good. I'm just going to give you what I got. Um, it just occurred to me, you know, but it's absolutely a key um, tool kind of in your gardening kit 
you know, let things self see uh, self sow, you know, let the seeds drop. Yeah. You know, it's it absolutely doesn't speak to my style of gardening, but there's absolutely something to be said about it. It's you know, you're my not. Style. <laughs> you're not spending any time or energy you're not spending really truly any resources no seed starting mix you know for this space that you know things are self-sowing um there is absolutely especially if it's not food but instead if it's perennial there's that you know so now you're gonna have this repeated growth but if it's um annual you still get the benefit of enjoying whatever that is if it's flowers you're saving in monies which there is a whole connection to sustainable uh, gardening that you know is cost effective um so yeah that's gonna be it let some things self sow yeah i was gonna say uh, next time it rains leave your wheelbarrow sitting normal don't flip it over just set it up and let it catch the rain and reuse it it's just another added you know, rain collection way that we employ in our house. And then we take it and we pour it into our watering cans. Yeah. It's so. a great idea. Use it fast though. Don't let it sit too long after yeah. it's rained. Um, but yeah, it's a great idea. We'll a take great it idea. afterwards and put it in a buckets and just stick it around the corner. We'll do stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, for sure you do something like that. I mean, if you already have a rain and if you don't have a rain barrel, get a rain barrel. I mean, there's that. So I'm actually moving mine. Um, I'm getting ready to hook up my big collection system, which I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to move my existing rain barrel and daisy chain it to another one. So I'll do a video about that. Um, then at the same time, you'll see how I have it connected to the regular house, but I'm going to daisy chain. And if you don't know what that means, that means when one fills up, it's going to be connected and automatically fill up the next one. So instead of having 55 gallons, I have 110 gallons at this one spot. So, um, right. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm also going to hide it. So there's that too. I'm going to blend it into the, uh, to the whole area. So we should see, we shall see how it works out. But, um, yeah, so we're going to do that, but that's all like every year I try and make one more step into the sustainable process, you know, mm-hmm. albeit small that's actually- or big, it doesn't matter. That's a huge goal though. Huge meaning like that's, it's, it's really smart. It's a smart goal. I did last year was um, starting all my own seeds. And then my personal goal was not to buy a single bottle of water. And I met that goal. Oh, good for you. So, um, yeah. Buy yourself a water bottle and reuse it. Reuse, 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 reuse. But that's it. And if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Um, if you like simple recipes though, I know a good place for you guys to get simple recipes. Um, you can go onto Tubi and check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen, or if you're in Canada, you can go into Telus and you can look up Backyard Kitchen season one and, uh, enjoy those simple recipes. Patron link below. And we actually sell water bottles on our page. So go to the link below. It's on Teespring. And you can buy a water bottle and you can start your sustainable journey today whilst helping support the podcast. Do it. Do it now. (laughs) And other than that, tell the good people something wonderful. See you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. 
over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.